Good afternoon, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, special edition. We are joined by our new managing editor, Heather Cagle, to talk about all things House Democrats coming out of the Democratic retreat in Philadelphia. All right, let's get into the mix. Here are the three things we are gonna talk about. Number one, where Dems are. Number two, the search for a message. And number three, the pivot to the pen. All right, let's get to it. The number one story that we are gonna talk about coming out of this retreat is kind of where Dems are. It came, uh, I was a difficult week last week uh, with a tough vote to try to get just government spending across the finish line. Heather, welcome to The Daily Punch. Hi, thanks for having me. What is your, you've been covering House Democrats for a really long time. Um, obviously, this was kind of a reorganizing session for them in some some stances. And at some points, we didn't even know if they were going to get to Philadelphia. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, this COVID preparedness bill really threw everyone for a loop. They spent all day Wednesday trying to negotiate that. They didn't end up getting to the retreat until Thursday morning at 2 a.m. Like you said, there was even a question of whether it would go on. So everyone kind of came into this very sleepy, very cranky. Including me. (laughs) and hoping for the reset. Um, And, you know, it depends on who you ask if they were able to do that or not. There certainly were a lot of listening sessions where they were able to talk about their feelings and talk to each other. And maybe in some respects, that's more helpful than anything else at this point. Jake, what do you think? I I think, yeah, listen, a few thoughts here. Um, It's difficult to be a few things that I that I think are worth considering when you have all the levers of power. Um, it still ain't easy. I mean, we saw this during the Donald Trump era, um, and it, it, it's proving very true for for House Democrats. Um, they tried to get last week. They tried to get this COVID relief thing in. It was uh, originally twenty two and a half billion. Then it became fifteen billion, um, and it ended up dropping out of the bill because of concerns about pay fors. And why does it need to be paid for? Paid for because Republicans are uh, demanding it and they have 50 votes in the Senate. And um, that's just kind of the reality of what Democrats are are, are working with right now. Um, and listen, they're going to come back this week, which is tricky, and they're going to try to do it again. And as we wrote this morning, it's not even clear they could do it now because people are sick of walking the plank for a uh, for policies that have no chance of becoming law. And I think that is just another dynamic that is difficult for Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer and Chuck Schumer and all those people. And there's a lot of complaints right now. Heather and I hear this all the time about the White House, um, that the White House is not doing enough to sell their priorities, to sell COVID. And and that's a problem. I, I mean, I think you bring up Pelosi, right? Obviously, her future is always kind of hanging over everybody here. Uh, you know, it was a, kind of an ugly week, but she ultimately gets it done as she kind of typically does. She still seems to have that real power over um, the caucus. Um, you know, it, it seems as though, I mean, right now it's kind of her steady leadership is what's happening. But there's been a lot of complaints about her being too insular, about her not kind of taking into contention the fact that like, you know, there's a lot of Democrats, to, to your point, Jake, that are going to walk the plank here that it's not necessarily in their best political interest to vote for this. Yeah, I think in some ways too, Pelosi is trying to govern the way that she did the first time that she was speaker. And she doesn't have the margins on the floor to do that anymore. And this has been a running theme of that of this Congress. We saw this last year when she kept trying to bring the infrastructure bill up for a vote, even though progressives kept saying, we're going to take it down. And she was just trying to get to the floor and force it. And there were several times where she pulled back at the last minute because she did not have the votes. And 
I think prior in the past, they would take it to the floor, they would leave the vote open, they would work it for hours, and they would eventually be able to turn people. But they're not able to do that anymore, because only four or so people can take it down at this point if they want to. And so the question this week and going forward is, how much are they going to let this consume their floor time and their mentality you know, knowing that they don't have the votes, are they going to keep pushing on something like this COVID preparedness? Because then it triggers a whole nother round of headlines, which is Democrats just can't get it together, you know, and that has this trickle down effect. Then they feel like they can't get it together and then they're all fighting again. And here we are back to square one. Uh, let's move on to the number two uh, item that we're going to talk about today, which is really searching for a message, because I think that Heather kind of hits it a little bit on the, the, the head of the nail, which is you sat down last week uh, with House Democratic Caucus Chairman Hakeem Jeffries for a fireside chat and an event that Punchbowl News did. And I thought you made a really, you had a really smart question, which was you asked for a 30 second elevator pitch for Democrats going into the midterms. And I think he took like three minutes to, you know, and it was all over the place about what he was trying to say. It was, it was pretty, I thought, elucidated kind of their, their problem that they have right now. Yeah, I think, you know, it really was, it felt like three minutes up there. I don't, I don't know how long it was. But. It was not 30 seconds, we could say that. <laughs> At the end, if you guys remember, I was like, okay, that was a really long elevator ride. Now, yeah. what would you tell me in a real elevator? And he finally said, we care about the American people. They don't. They being Republicans. But just the fact that it took him three or four minutes to get to that point, like you said, Anna, really illustrates their problem. They feel like over the past year or so, they've done a lot for people, but then they just start rattling it all off and you just, you lose people. They're not able to say it cohesively. And the other issue here is their slogan that they were running with, Build Back Better. Well, that bill's going nowhere. The slogan itself has become toxic. And now they're like, okay, you know, what do we stand for? And so we're really seeing them in a defining moment, I think, as they struggle to coalesce around a, a succinct idea to sell to voters. And also I would say another thing, like we're not them is never, is not a message that typically works. I mean, it's just, and that's the, that's the essence of what this is, right? We're not them. Well, with, with, with gas at $7 and, um, and, you know, uh, prices hiked and and ever and inflation kind of roaring we're not them maybe, maybe they'll be better is what the big fear is right i mean then maybe that's maybe that is what what voters are going to want um and, and and quite frankly there's just been a lot of pressure on the white house to come up with some sort of some sort of better framing here um and i think that came to a head at the retreat a little bit no, but like we're not them works when you're running against Donald Trump, right? Like right. you have exactly a party right. figure that is somebody to actually run against. We're not them is just the Republican Party is a much harder thing to land in districts and states when they don't have any power. And if, if we're not them, well, you know, I mean, the, our, the reverse argument on that is, well, you own all three levers of power. What have you been doing for the past two years? Right. I mean, I think that's where it gets pretty sticky. Let's move on to the number three kind of item we're going to talk about today, which I think is a super interesting uh, moment. You guys hit on this last week uh, at the end of the retreat, which is just kind of this pivot to the pen. The fact that House Democrats are basically, I mean, it seemed to me like they're, they're saying, hey, we get the reality of this. All of our priorities are not going to happen. And so Biden, it's time for you to take the lead here and try to do some things with the executive power because clearly Congress, you know, isn't working. 
Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, they're starting, I mean, they realize they're probably not going to get another major bill out of Congress at this point. The calendar is just too short. The dynamics in the Senate are too tough. And, you know, while they did pass these huge COVID aid bills with Biden when he came into office, no one seems to remember that. I mean, Biden brought it up himself with House Democrats on Friday, and he said that voters are like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so I think they, they're they looking at the calendar, they're looking at the midterms, and they're like, God, we got to have something new to tell people. We can't get it through the House and the Senate. Can you please help us? And that's what we really saw at the retreat. That was a running theme of this. Yeah, and I, I'd say, I think what you just hit on, Heather, is so true, which is um, the American Rescue Plan was passed a year ago. We heard a lot about that. It's like, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> right? I mean, the infrastructure bill is big, obviously, and that was a bipartisan that was a bipartisan bill, and those effects probably won't be felt for some time. And and um, it's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? Type type thing. And I think that's what Democrats a, a pressure that Democrats are feeling. All right, and with that. We're going to close out this special edition podcast of The Daily Punch. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.